On Tuesday, singer Alicia Keys, who performed at the 2016 Democratic National Convention, of course, posted this tweet. It says, nope. that's not the right one. That's the right There we go. It says, our strength is in our differences. Our power is in our diversity. We are so beautiful. All of us, when we see each other, we see ourselves. And then it's a picture of her or another woman in the niqab. Okay, the niqab is the, is the giant covering that covers your entire face except for your eyes. And then she's wearing what appears to be a black form-fitting dress with her legs sticking out of it. Uh, so, you know, the niqab is now a great thing. This is just the sort of empty-headed virtue signaling you'd expect from a member of the political far left who obviously knows nothing about the way radical Islam treats women. It's the idiocy of modern feminism in action. It would be one thing to defend the hijab, which is the Islamic head covering that virtually all religious Muslim women wear. It's another to defend the niqab, which is that face covering into which many religious Muslim countries force women. Here is the fact. In the countries in which women typically wear the niqab, like Saudi Arabia or Afghanistan or Iran, a woman who exposed her leg, the way the woman does in this photo, would be criminally prosecuted. In Sudan in 2015, nine women were flogged for wearing pants. In Indonesia last year, a Muslim woman was flogged for standing in close proximity to her boyfriend. A few months ago, Saudi Arabia arrested a woman for taking a photograph without her abaya. That's the head covering that kind of swishes around the neck. Here is what that brazen hussy was wearing when the Saudis thought she was immodest. Yes, this. Okay? The woman received death threats even before her arrest. Okay, for people who can't actually see the picture and are listening to this later, she's wearing a long dress and a long black coat. Nothing is uncovered, essentially. It is easy to fetishize foreign cultures, but to glamorize a symbol of oppression for millions of women across the Muslim world to pretend that the great threat to freedom comes from the West, which is willing to tolerate women wearing pretty much anything, rather than a radical Muslim world that uses the criminal law to penalize women who violate their standards of modesty, is asinine virtue signaling that forwards the oppression of women. So much for feminism. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Alrighty, so today I actually want to talk a fair bit about this Planned Parenthood move by the state of California. The state of California is now charging the undercover filmmakers who went undercover with Planned Parenthood and showed that Planned Parenthood was selling baby body parts, that they were performing abortions in ways in order to preserve the, the body parts of the babies. Uh, the filmmakers are the ones in trouble. In California, fine to kill babies, fine to sell their body parts. Not okay to go undercover to film people doing this in news reporting. But even that is a misread of the law. We'll go through all the law in just a second. Plus, we'll get to the latest from Trump land and, and Bernie Sanders land and all the rest of the crazy lands that exist in this bizarre Game of Thrones world we now inhabit. But first, we have to say thank you to our sponsors over at Helix Sleep. My wife can sleep through pretty much anything. Loud noises or crying babies or not-so-subtle advances from me. <laughs> she is definitely out cold. I am the opposite. Any sound, movement, I'm awake. I can't get comfortable sleeping. At least that's how I was before I found Helix Sleep. So Helix Sleep sends a mattress directly to you, customized to your needs. You log on to helixsleep.com slash Ben. You go through their questionnaire, and it asks you the body type and your weight and what kind of mattress you like. And then they send it to you. You take it right out of the box. It inflates for you. The only thing Helix Sleep cannot stop is my kids waking me up in the middle of the night. I cannot send them back to Helix Sleep. But if I don't like the mattress, I can send it back to Helix Sleep free of charge for 100 nights. It's a fantastic product. Helixsleep.com slash Ben. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Strangely, even my wife says she's sleeping better. <laughs> so that's pretty spectacular. Um, and uh, thanks to uh, our, our animation crew here for animating that. It's Austin who did that. Well done, Austin. I like the small Ben and small Ben female <laughs> who are my children. That is actually if people. I, I don't put pictures of my kids online, because, uh, online for, for obvious reasons, for safety reasons. But that's actually sort of what they look like. So it's kind of funny. OK, so uh, lots of lots to get to today. So let's begin with this controversy over Planned Parenthood. So last night it is announced by the state of California, they have charged David, De uh, I think it's pronounced DeLayden, 
Daladin, maybe, and Sandra Merritt of the Center for Medical Progress on 15 felony counts over their undercover reporting regarding Planned Parenthood. So in 2015, if you recall, Daladin and Merritt released videos showing that high-ranking Planned Parenthood members were joking about selling baby body parts for market rates and picking through actual baby body parts in order to demonstrate which sorts of body parts were available for the sale of medical research and talking about the best methods of abortion for procuring those baby body parts. I want to remind you of what's on those tapes, because this is the stuff that's not criminal. It's the taping that's supposedly criminal. So here is one of the heads of Planned Parenthood saying that she wants to buy a Lamborghini with the money that she makes from selling baby body parts. Hemisphere and all that, then, no. and then so that, that protects us so that we're not paying for what we can't use. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, it also, I think it also okay. maybe illustrates things. It's for, been years since I've talked about compensation, so let me just uh -huh. figure out what others are getting at. If this is in the ballpark, then that's fine. If it's mm -hmm. still low, then we can talk about that. You would. I want a Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> I said I want a Lamborghini. <laughs> Don't we all, right? <laughs> okay, so there's the lady saying she wants a Lamborghini from the sale of the baby body parts. And that's not all they uncovered. Here's a little bit of the, of the sort of quick and easy guide to the Planned Parenthood videos. I'm Cecile Richards, president of Planned Parenthood Federation of America. I want to be really clear. The allegation that Planned Parenthood profits in any way from tissue donation is not true. A company like this that wants to, that wants to give our organization money for the tissue, like, I think that that's a valid change and that that's okay. We have independent colleagues who generate a fair amount of income doing this. I mean, income for people who can't hear. Certain tissues like. Uh, brain, liver, thymus, pancreas, heart, lungs, and pretty much anything on the on the fetus. It's basically huge trafficking of fetal tissues. The harder and the more valuable the tissue, the more money you get. So if you're if you can somehow procure a brain or a heart, you're going to get more money than just like chorionic villi or umbilical cord. If we alter our process mm -hmm. and we are able to obtain intact fetal cadavers. It's all just a matter of line items. Mm -hmm. That would be $100 per specimen, 50 specimens per day would be $5,000 per day that Planned Parenthood was collecting from fetal tissue. Extrapolate that $120,000 uh, per month. That is certainly not recouping cost. For example, so I had eight case, cases yesterday. I knew exactly what we needed, and I kind of looked at the list, and I said, all right, this 17-linker has eight pounds, and this one. So I knew which were the cases that were probably more likely to yield what we needed, and I made my decisions according to that, too. So it's worth having a huddle at the beginning of the day, uh -huh. and that's what I do. There are guidelines on research, but there are not guidelines on tissue procurement. Okay. And there will never be guidelines. Oh. Just to keep, to keep it. If they're going to, you know, participate in something like this, you know, there are mechanisms by which contracts can be reviewed and things like that, but there are no mechanisms. Sometimes the procedures are longer. So then anything that we piggyback onto that for collection purposes, obviously, you know, would have to uh, reflect that additional time, cost, right. administrative burden. We're working with, you know, almost like triple-digit number of clinics. So it's, it's a lot on volume. <laughs> it's ghoulish, ghoulish stuff. I mean, they're talking about the killing of the unborn and then the sale of, of the, the body parts. So this, 
obviously created a major firestorm. There's talk about defunding Planned Parenthood. Hopefully, they will still defund Planned Parenthood. That doesn't have anything to do with the health care bill. It should just be done on its own. There's no need to provide federal funding for Planned Parenthood or state funding for Planned Parenthood, which is, as I've said before, a baby genocide clinic. That's what Planned Parenthood does. Now, what does California do? So, important to recognize, the person who initiated the crusade against David DeLayden and, uh, and Sandra Merritt, the person who actually initiated that was Kamala Harris, who's now the senator from California. She was then the attorney general of the state of California. She's the one who ordered a raid into Layden's home to try and get hold of, of all of the uh, all of the tapes. And now they've charged 15 felony counts. So here's what you need to know legally. California is what we call a two-party consent state. That means that if you and I are on the phone together and I tape it, I can't release that tape. It is actually illegal for me to do the taping itself. That is actually wiretapping in the, in the formal sense of the term. I can't do that without your permission. However, if you, are, you and I are in a public place and there is no reasonable expectation of privacy, that's the way the law is, is written. If there's no reasonable expectation of privacy, then me taping you is not a problem. So if we're at Disneyland, we're talking out loud about baby tissue, then there is no reasonable expectation of privacy. But it actually goes even further than that. So 14 of the 15 charges come from the California Penal Code, Section 632A. That states in relevant part, quote, every person who intentionally and without the consent of all parties to a confidential communication by means of any electronic amplifying or recording device eavesdrops shall be punished by a fine not exceeding 2500 bucks, or imprisonment in the county jail not exceeding one year or in the state prison or by both that fine and imprisonment. Now note the language there. Confidential, right? It's not just any confidential, all parties to a confidential communication. So what does that mean? What is a confidential communication? First off, you can see from these tapes clearly that some of this is obviously not confidential. They're doing it in the middle of a crowded restaurant. They're talking openly and loudly. It's obviously not meant to be secretive. Planned Parenthood, Cecile Richards said that people were saying this publicly in restaurants and that this wasn't a privacy issue. What they're saying is that some of the other conversations, like there's a point where they went into uh, some of the medical labs, there's a point where they went into, you can see a private office with some of the heads of Planned Parenthood, they're saying those were private conversations. So, that would be plausible, except for this 2002 case from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. In 2002... The Ninth Circuit was asked to rule on a case that sprang from Arizona. So ABC News, ABC News did a segment for Primetime Live in 1994. And this segment actually ended up winning a Peabody Award for great journalism. And what they did is they went into a place called Medical Laboratory Management Consultants, and they were talking about mammograms and whether they were effective or not and whether they were overprescribed. They went in undercover, and here is what the courts found. This is a direct quote. Devaraj is the person who was the representative for medical laboratory management consultants. They said, Devaraj's willingness to invite these strangers into the administrative offices for a meeting and then on a tour of the premises indicated that Devaraj should not have an objectively reasonable expectation of solitude or seclusion in the parts of medical lab that he showed the ABC representatives. And then the court also found no reasonable expectation of privacy regarding the conversations between the ABC undercover reporters and the medical technicians. This is a direct quote from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the most liberal court in the country. Devaraj did not reveal any information about his personal life or affairs, but only generally discussed medical labs, business operations, the pap smear testing industries about pap smears, not mammograms, and Gordon's supposed plans to open her own laboratory. So the ABC pretended to be something they weren't, which is exactly what this case was. And then they went and talked to people in a private setting, which is exactly what this case was, and the court found no problem. In fact, the Ninth Circuit said Arizona law is not like California law. Maybe it would be different if this were in California, but then they add this, quote, the expectation of, private, of limited privacy in a communication, namely the expectation that a communication shared with or possibly overheard by a limited group of persons will nonetheless remain relatively private and secluded from the public at large is reasonable only to the extent the communication conveys information private and personal to the declarant. To the declarant, meaning that 
if none of the Planned Parenthood members are talking about the stuff they do in their personal life specifically, there's no problem here. That's the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. This case is directly on point. This is what we call good precedent from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. So, here's the question. Where are the media today? The media, you know, the, the people who we've been hearing for months and months and months, uh, tyrannical Donald Trump, tyrannical, he's going to destroy everything, tyrannical, awful, evil Donald Trump, he's going to crack down on press freedoms, and he's going to ensure that no one is free, he's going to throw people in jail. Where are they today? When the state of California is taking undercover journalists, which is what Delayden and Merritt are, taking them and threatening to throw them in jail for at least 15 years apiece, right? That's what they're talking about, because the penalty for each one of these violations is at least a year, or no more than a year. So 15 years they're talking about in prison for people taping conversations that obviously are undercover journalism and in which there is no reasonable expectation of privacy, according to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Where is the Washington Post today? Where is CNN? Where is Fox News? Imagine for a second, imagine for a second that back in 2012, Mitt Romney, he gets taped by Jimmy Carter's grandson. And Jimmy Carter's grandson gets this tape at a private event where Mitt Romney is speaking. Okay, and Mitt Romney is not speaking even to him. He's just speaking to a gr private group of people, and this guy tapes Romney talking about the 47%. Imagine if Romney sued the guy, or more importantly, imagine if the state in which this took place decided to prosecute Jimmy Carter Jr., or Jimmy Carter III, and what, what do you think the media would do? You think the media would stand up for that? You think they would say, oh, no problem, you know, that was a violation of privacy expectations? What do you think would happen if an undercover journalist, let's say, for example, that there was an undercover, there was somebody released without the permission of Donald Trump, taped from, let's say, an Access Hollywood bus in California, right? And there was an Access Hollywood bus, and there was tape that Donald Trump knew the microphone was on him, but he didn't know the microphone was on, obviously. Let's say that somebody took that tape, in which Trump had a pretty reasonable expectation of privacy, and then released it publicly. And the state of California decided to go after and prosecute the people over at NBC, or wherever this was taking place. I think it was NBC. Imagine that happened. Do you think that the press would stand up for the person who, who leaked all of this? And this is the point. When it comes to principle, the left is completely missing it. It just it doesn't exist. If David DeLayden had been a member of Planned Parenthood and they went into an undercover investigation of people targeting Planned Parenthood, if they had done an undercover investigation of live action, Lila Rose's organization, and found some sort of corruption or something damning, and then they'd release that publicly, do you think the media would be okay with the prosecution of the people who actually did that work? Of course not. And this just demonstrates that when it comes to principle, people are almost always willing to put their own political preferences above the importance of principle, and this is just another case of that. This is just another case of that. And it really is quite horrifying. If you are in favor of press freedom, there is no way in hell you should be standing still for any of this. And where the mainstream, where's Brian Stelter at CNN? Where are, those, where are those wonders of freedom over at the ACLU? Where are all of the people on the left on this? They're missing an action because they think it's more important to kill babies. And this guy was a bad guy because he exposed the fact that killing babies was a bad thing. And that Planned Parenthood was in the business of killing babies. I mean, there's video of them actually picking through baby body parts on a tray. And they don't like that. Anything that makes Planned Parenthood look bad is inherently evil and must be prosecuted. That sort of selective prosecution on the basis of political preference is the definition of political evil. Okay, well, I want to talk more about what's going on, you know, as far as the media going nuts on, on Trump. This is actually the big story of the day, is the media losing their mind. Uh, Hillary is back out there. Hillary is back. But first, I want to say thank you to our sponsors over at Stamps.com. So, if you're tired of waiting in line at the post office, if you're tired of using one of those old-fashioned weighing your postage machines, and you have to go down to that, that post office and wait in line for a while to, to get the postage, 
you need to go over to stamps.com. They are the best in the business. You go to stamps.com, and right now, if you go to, there's a little microphone in the corner. Click on that, enter Shapiro. And you get a four-week trial with postage and digital scale. And that means that you can print the postage out directly onto your envelope. You can print the postage out onto a piece of paper, cut it out, tape it on the, tape it on the envelope. Uh, you, can, you can also print it onto a sticker. And they will send you a digital scale so that you can actually weigh the most. You can do all of it at home. You never have to worry about going to the post office again. You don't have to worry about using one of those old-fashioned scales. You can do all of it just by going to stamps.com. Buy and print you official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your own computer or printer. Saves you tons of time. Saves you tons of money. Uh, we use it here at the office. I've used it in the past, multiple times, stamps.com. Right now, again, use my name, Shapiro. Go to the microphone. Make sure you use this so you get that four-week trial with postage and digital scale. Go to the microphone in the corner of stamps.com. Click on that. Enter promo code Shapiro. You get that four-week trial. And make sure, again, stamps.com. Enter promo code Shapiro. Fantastic service. So glad to be working with them. Also, use that promo code Shapiro so they know that we sent you and they continue to advertise with the program. Okay, so uh, the, the media have lost their minds. And the way you can tell the media have lost their minds is not just because every day I keep telling you the media have lost their minds, not just because the media are wildly inconsistent when it comes to uh, things like the Planned Parenthood tapes, but I'm going to give you two examples of the media just going nuts and losing their freaking gourds. Uh, First example, yesterday at the White House press briefing, Sean Spicer is doing a press briefing, and April Ryan, who's from Urban Radio Networks, I believe, American Urban Radio Networks, she starts questioning Spicer in the most obnoxious possible way. And I'm not a Sean Spicer fan. I think that Sean Spicer is, is far too close to Melissa McCarthy's impression of Sean Spicer for comfort. But Sean Spicer is is dealing with, with April Ryan's questions, and everybody, I saw this clip tweeted out yesterday, and people were going crazy over it, and I, I watched it, and I was like, I don't understand what the big problem is. Here, here's the clip, and you decide for yourself. No, no, I, I get it, but you keep. I, I've said it from the day that I got here until whatever that, that there is no connection. You've got Russia. If the president puts Russian salad dressing on his salad tonight, somehow that's a Russian connection. But every single person, no, I, well, no, that's. I appreciate your agenda here, but the reality is, oh no, no, hold on, no. At some point, report the facts. The facts are that every single person who has been briefed on this subject has come away with the same conclusion. Republican, Democrat, so I'm sorry that that disgusts you. You're shaking your head. I appreciate it, but but okay, but understand this, that at some point, the facts are what they are. And every single person who has been briefed on this situation with respect to the, the situation with Russia, Republican, Democrat, Obama appointee, career, have all come to the same conclusion. At some point, April, you're going to have to take no for an answer with respect to whether or not there was collusion. Hold on. Negative I, I, No, no, but, but April, hold on. You, 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 it seems like you're hell-bent on trying to make sure that whatever image you want to tell about this White House stays because at the end of the day, the let me answer. I am, I am okay, but you know what? You're what? asking me a question, and I'm going to answer it. Which is the president? I'm sorry. Please stop shaking your head again. Okay, and that was the thing that he got. Oh, stop shaking your head again. Ooh, he's a sexist. Ooh, he's a racist. He never would have said anything like this. Okay, Melissa McCarthy again is getting re-famous off of being Sean Spicer taking his podium and bulldozing it into the crowd, right? The idea that, that Sean Spicer said this to April Ryan because April Ryan is particular, because she's black or because she's a woman, absolutely asinine, absolutely asinine. And then April Ryan is playing this thing up like she was battered or something. Here she is on CNN acting as though this is one of the worst moments of her life. Honestly, if Sean Spicer telling you to stop shaking your head is the worst moment of your life, you lived a pretty fantastic life. Here's April Ryan playing it up. It's two and a half months in. There's a frustration. There is something we've never seen before here at this White House. 
And Sean has to do what he has to do. He is the spokesperson for this White House. But I'm a reporter, and I cover all things presidential to include what is presidential, those investigations on the Hill. It pertains to what's happening here. So um, with everything that's going on, with everything that's going on, that was the question. How do you revamp the image of this White House? This administration has come into a new world. Donald Trump is this, this, this mogul, this real estate mogul. He's a businessman, but he is now president, a president who's never had governance, and he's finding his way. And he's finding his way uh, in ways that are hurtful to him and hopefully not hurtful to the country. Okay, so she, she's playing this whole thing up, and everybody on the left is playing this up this morning. Ooh, Sean Spicer was so mean to April Ryan. Now, first of all, I've defended April Ryan before. I defended April Ryan. There was that situation in the in the White House press briefing room during, during um, I think Trump himself was doing a press conference, and at one point he said to April Ryan, can you fix up a meeting between me and the Congressional Black Caucus? And I was like, wait a second, that's not her job. That's weird. Um, but this one is just absurd on its face. But this wasn't the only example of the media losing their mind over something that was almost meaningless, um, or at least was wildly overblown would be more accurate. Uh, but to hear about that, you're going to have to go to dailywire.com and become a subscriber. $8 a month gets you a subscription to dailywire.com. Or if you want to become an annual subscriber, then right now go get that annual subscription and you get a free signed copy of the masterwork that is Reasons to Vote Democrat, a comprehensive guide from Michael J. Knowles. Sure, the book is blank, but it is, as I say, completely thorough. You should get it and then you should give it to a Democratic friend who will then become a Democratic enemy you can't stand to see at family dinners, uh, which is great because then you don't have to invite them anymore. More food for you. Dailywire.com is where you go to be become an annual subscriber or a regular subscriber, or if you just want to watch or if you just want to listen to the show later, uh, you can go to iTunes or SoundCloud or YouTube, and you can go give it a listen a little bit later. If you go to iTunes, please leave us a review. We always appreciate it. We are the largest conservative podcast in the nation. Okay, so here is... so so. The, the other situation that has become a big press issue is that Bill O'Reilly was on Fox News and they were talking about Maxine Waters. Now, as someone who lives in Los Angeles, who knows you know Maxine Waters as a congresswoman going all the way back to my childhood, she is the dumbest, worst congressperson in history. She is awful. Maxine Waters is the lady who insisted, well... While there were riots in, in South Los Angeles, South Central Los Angeles, in which Reginald Denny was getting beaten with a brick and Korean business owners were being were being hurt and their businesses were being burned down, she was calling it an uprising. She was calling it an uprising and defending people who were basically rioting in the streets. Now her big thing, we've played a bunch of clips of her lately because Maxine Waters' big thing is that Trump is going to get impeached. She has no evidence to actually support this. She keeps saying that Trump is on the ropes. She keeps saying that Trump should be impeached because he's in Putin's pocket or because he's a space alien or something. But Maxine Waters is an awful congressperson. So Bill O'Reilly is talking about her and he makes some sort of silly joke about her hair. We're saying to those who say they're patriotic, but they turned a blind eye to the destruction that he's about to, to cause this country. You're not nearly as patriotic as we are. So what does that mean, Bill? We've been listening all morning. We I, cannot I didn't hear a word she said. I was, <laughs> I was looking at the James Brown wig. <laughs> <laughs> if we have a picture of James, it's the same it's one. It's the same one. No, right. Okay. And he's not using I it anymore. Defend just, her on you that. guys are all, you're all wrong I about I have this. to defend her on that. She's a, you can't go after a woman's looks. I think she's very attractive. But I didn't say she wasn't attractive. Her I hair. love James Brown. But it's okay. the same hair James exactly. Brown, are the godfather of soul, had. So he had girl hair. I would Whatever it is, I just couldn't get by it. 
Okay, and he got ripped for this, and then later he apologized for his... Oh, end of the world, because he said her hair looks like James Brown's hair. Do we actually have a picture of James Brown's hair? Okay, so the, so I just want to show this, because the point that I want to make here is not that Bill O'Reilly should be comparing Maxine Waters to James Brown, but let's put it any other way. If the, I guess that he's supposed to be racist because he said that her hair is like a black person's hair. Um, but it's not like a black person's hair. It's like a specific person's hair, James Brown's hair. Presumably, if he had said that her hair looks like a fright wig on Halloween, then everybody would have gone just as nuts. They just would have called him a sexist. But everybody makes fun of Donald Trump's hair all the time. Everybody makes fun of Chris Christie being a fatso all the time. You know, it's amazing how this works. You can make fun of anybody, but if you make fun of the wrong person in just the wrong way, then it's the total end of the world. So I think that Bill O'Reilly is a racist because of this. Are you willing to say that Bill O'Reilly is a racist because he compared Maxine Waters' hair to James Brown's hair? Okay, he wasn't even saying that, like, people were saying this is the same thing as Don Imus when Don Imus said that horrible thing about a women's basketball team when he said, I think the direct quote was something like, nappy-headed hoes. Okay, that's actually racist, because he's talking about black women as hoes and saying that their hair is inherently nappy. That's not the same thing, okay? That's not the same thing as, as what Bill O'Reilly is saying here. That's just absurd, but everybody loses their damn mind over this thing. And then Maxine Waters' response says, I'm a strong—she she too, she plays the victim. Again, just the hair in the hair for a second— Okay. In any case, she goes on, she, she then goes on MSNBC and talks about how this is the worst moment of her life. It's just awful, awful, awful. Uh, it's the worst thing that's ever happened. Listen, is it stupid for Bill O'Reilly to say that? Yes, it's stupid because he knows where the sensitivities lie. He knows that if he says that, he's going to get a lot of blowback. He knows all that stuff. But are you willing to say, really, that this is like super giant racism because he compared two people's hair? Really? Is that, is that where we're going to go with this? I, I wish that I could say that I thought that this was like an egregious sin, but I really don't see why this is like the world's most egregious sin. James Brown was a very famous person. Presumably, he couldn't come up with a better comp. But even if he had come up with a better comp, they just would have called him sexist anyway, so what does it really matter? In any case, here she is talking about how this was just awful, just awful, awful, awful the worst. Let me just say this. I'm a strong black woman, and I cannot be intimidated. I cannot be undermined. I cannot be thought uh, to be a friend of Bill O'Reilly or anybody. And I'd like to say to women out there everywhere, don't allow these right-wing talking heads, these dishonorable people, to intimidate you or scare you. Be who you are. You kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a woman who called the LA riots an uprising. People were getting murdered in the streets. That was an uprising, but don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated by a guy who says that your hair looks like this other famous guy's hair. Don't you ever be intimidated by that. Women, you can be strong. You can be strong and tough, just like Maxine Waters. And I love Chris Hayes slash Rachel Maddow. That's Chris Hayes, right? Yeah, it's Chris Hayes. Uh, okay. Standing there and, and nodding along with this whole thing. He's got the MSC, NBC glasses, so it's sort of hard to tell. They all have the same pair of glasses. They leave it on the table after their show, and then the next person picks up the glasses and puts them on, except for Chris Matthews, who wanders around the set going, Hey, it's glass on my table. I don't understand anything. In any case, she, 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 her routine here, I'm a strong black woman, and I can withstand the barrage of criticism of my hair. I'm not sure anyone thought you couldn't, Maxine. I'm pretty sure everyone thought that you could handle it. I'm pretty sure that everyone thought that it would be okay. Because you know what? It wasn't that bad. It wasn't. 
I'm sorry. Sorry to break it to you. Hillary Clinton has gotten a, a, a hell of a lot more than you, okay? Every woman in politics has gotten a hell of a lot more than that. Every man in politics has gotten a hell of a lot more than that. You know how many jokes I personally have had to endure about my height over the last year and a half? <laughs> it's insane. Okay, so get used to a world where people make silly jokes about how other people look because that's the real world. And here's the thing that Democrats don't understand about this, and Hillary doesn't either. I'm going to show you Hillary in just a second. What Democrats don't understand is this whole poor little me routine, this whole I'm a victim routine, they tried it in the last election cycle and it didn't work at all because no one looks at Maxine Waters after that Bill O'Reilly clip and they go, oh, Maxine needs grief counseling. Oh, she definitely needs to go see a psychiatrist now because that was just so brutal. She has PTSD from Bill O'Reilly's comments. No one thinks that. Hillary Clinton spent three weeks saying that Donald Trump was Satan because presumably because he said that Alicia Machado, who was a former Miss Universe contestant, was overweight when she was overweight. And everyone lost their damn mind on the left. And you know what? Didn't win them a single vote. Didn't win them a single vote. So they're going to continue to do this routine where this, but, and here's Hillary doing that routine. It's so funny. She, it's obvious that she's going to try and run again if she continues along these lines. Here she was last, last night after apparently beating to death a 1970s pimp and stealing his, his clothing. <laughs> uh, here is Hillary Clinton. <laughs> See, look, I, I'm, does that make me a sexist? Did I think her outfit is awful? Whatever. It's an awful outfit, okay? We all wear awful outfits. In any case, here is Hillary Clinton saying that people like April Ryan and Maxine Waters, they are the bravest among us. You know, not the soldiers on the front. The, the bravest among us are people who have to endure being told not to shake their head like an obnoxious person and people who have to endure people insulting their haircut. April Ryan, a respected journalist with unrivaled integrity, was doing her job just this afternoon in the White House press room. When she was patronized and cut off trying to ask a question. One of your own California Congresswomen, Maxine Waters, was taunted with a racist joke about her hair. Now too many women, especially women of color, have had a lifetime of practice taking precisely these kinds of indignities in stride. Uh-huh. Okay, if this is going to be her continuing pitch, as always, we are women, hear us whine. If that's her, if that's her new pitch, this was her pitch the entire campaign. I'm such a strong woman that I have to point out every slight any woman has ever experienced and pretend that it's the end of the world. This is the kind of stuff that women have to endure. This, this is the, okay, women are literally being caned in Islamic countries for standing next to men and driving. Okay, it, it, I'm, no, just no. Yeah, and the idea that men don't have to endure this in politics, okay, I make fun of Donald Trump all the time, all the, and I'm not the only one. SNL has Alec Baldwin play Donald Trump as an orange-faced buffoon, okay, every single week. Sean Spicer is played by Melissa McCarthy as an aggressive nut job. Okay, the idea that, that, wow, it's just, look at Maxine Waters and April Ryan. Women are so weak. We can't handle this. We can't handle but we will handle this because we're so strong. If you were a little bit stronger, Hillary, maybe you wouldn't worry about all this crap. You know, it turns out that in politics, there's a lot of water you have to let roll off the duck's back. But instead, it turns out that everything has to be blown way out of proportion. And Bill O'Reilly is now a Jim Crow racist who's hosing down black people in the streets because he thinks that Maxine Waters' hair is silly looking, just like James Brown's hair was silly looking. And come the hell on. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things I hate. So, we are doing betrayal this week. Betrayal, because betrayal was sort of the theme of what happened with the Republicans on Trump Care. So, we're going to do... This, this book is, has the single worst villain in human history. I shouldn't say human history, I should say species history, because it's not about humans. The book, of course, is Horton Hatches the Egg. 
The single worst villain in all of literature is in this book. Maisie the Lazy Bird is the single worst villain in the history of literature. Okay, Maisie the Lazy Bird, at the very beginning, she she abandons her egg, right? She, she has the egg, and then she's too lazy to sit on the egg, so she convinces Horton to come sit on the egg, and then she takes off for a vacation in Pismo Beach. Really, she takes off. And then Horton, the entire plot of the book, and it's not a spoiler alert kind of thing because it's a children's book gang. You can read it in 10 minutes if you are a very slow reader. And, and they take the, the, people, uh, the people from the circus, the, the, some hunters are hunting, and they see Horton sitting on the tree, and they say, this is, re- this is really weird. We're going to take him and capture him, put him in a cage, and put him in the circus. They bring him to the circus in Pismo Beach, and here comes Maisie the Lazy Bird, and she immediately says... Why, I'm the one who did all the work. You're not the one who did all the work. I was here. It's my kid. It's my egg. Get off that egg. How dare you? And Horton is heartbroken, of course, because he sat on that egg for 51 weeks, as the book says, and he's, and he's sat there through sleet and snow to do his, the responsible thing. And here comes the bird who abandoned the entire responsibility back to claim the egg as the child. And it, it's a great ending. It's a great ending. Uh, so I won't spoil it for you. Fine. But it's, it's a fantastic ending. Um, again, she is the worst villain in literature. She's the, uh, the uh, horrific character. Um, and it is a good lesson about responsibility. It, it's... it's some of Dr. Seuss's books, there, there are some of Dr. Seuss's books that are actually quite lefty. Uh, there's one called The Butter, the, the Butter Battle uh, that's really, really far to the left. Um, but this one is a very conservative book because it is all about responsibility and why you have to take it and what the consequences should be if you don't take responsibility. Great book, Horton Hatches the Egg. Okay, Things That I Hate. So I'm morally obligated to play this tribute to Michael Knowles. So somebody, uh, so Michael Knowles, for those of you who don't know, is the Yale graduate who spent all of his time, by which I mean like an hour, slapping together a cover, putting it on a blank book, and selling a bajillion copies of it. Uh, And now, it's great trollery. I mean, I have to admit, this is one of those things where I'm completely split on it. Uh, I I love the fact that the trolling was so funny. I hate the fact that Knowles is going to make a bajillion dollars off of a blank book when I'm stupid enough to write words in my books. Uh, So that annoys me. I've said to people in the office that on my deathbed, I'll be screaming, Knowles! The O's at the end will be the real surprise twist, because you'll think I'm just yelling no as I die, but it turns out that the O's at the very end really changes the meaning. In any case, uh, that was Mathis that pointed that out, so all credit to Mathis on that. Uh, In any case, uh, the, in any case, uh, the, uh, the, the, somebody actually spent time doing this because they have no life. I don't know why they would do this. They cut a tribute to Michael Knowles, the king of the trolls. It is legitimately the worst thing I have ever seen online, which is one of the reasons that I, I hate it so much. It is so awful in every way, and yet strangely hilarious because it's awful. Yes, we'll take the time to watch it. It's so bad. He's king of the trolls. He's the troll. He's the he's a cave troll. This is from Lord of the Rings. For those who can't see, this is why you need to subscribe so you can see garbage like this. You can see they, they, the person who did this actively took a picture of Michael Knowles' face and stuck it on the cave trolls and all of the other trolls in the scene from the first Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. All right, let's suffer through it. Go. Trigger warning. Clavin's song in the background. It's just, it's an actual nightmare come to life this thing. When do this, what would possess you? They have a cave troll. 
and then he's smashing Let me people. Find you. And I will kill you. Is that a threat? That's a promise, sucker. <laughs> Okay, that last part's amazing, because that's actually Michael Knowles. He is an actor. I won't say that that's great acting, but it's amazing. It's amazing. And the people, he was making fun of my acting the other day. Okay, well, I, I, what I like to say is I, I went to the Ben Affleck School of Acting, where acting doesn't care about your feelings. But, uh, but, but that is uh, just the fact that they end with Michael Knowles answering Liam Neeson. Okay, so I, I don't totally hate it. I sort of like it. But that was horrendous, and that will haunt me in my, in my dreams. Okay, uh, other things that I hate. So the NCAA has now issued an ultimatum to North Carolina. This is just the worst sort of stupid virtue signaling. They said you have 48 hours to repeal HB2, which is the bill that prohibits men who believe they are women from going pee-pee next to the women in the women's bathrooms in public restrooms. And uh, they say, you repeal this, or we will not allow North Carolina's sports arenas to host anything uh, until 2022. So for four years, we won't allow anybody to host anything over in North Carolina. I'd just like to point out a couple of things. The NCAA has actually held games in Cuba. Cuba, okay, like a place that people are, are jumping on 1950s cars still and attempting to ride over to Florida to get away from. So this is virtue signaling of the stupidest sort. I also would like to recommend to the NCAA that if they care this much about quote-unquote gender discrimination because men can be women and women can be men, they should just abolish the NCAA women's. They should just get rid of it. Gino Oriyama can find another job. The UConn women's basketball team, which has won like 142 straight games, something like that, and they're dominant. I mean, they were on TV the other day, and I was forced to watch them while I was working out because never by choice would I actually watch women's basketball. They were, they were playing on, uh, I mean, they're really good for women, but if you put them in the men's tournament, they would not make the NIT, okay? Because the fact is that men are better at sports than women. I'm sorry to break this to the ladies. There are lots of things that women are better at naturally including bearing children. You know, they just have greater skills at these things. But not limited to that, by the way. But, it is, but in terms of physical capacity, men are stronger and faster than women. If the NCAA really thinks that it's so terrible that, that men should be forced to go to the pee-pee in the men's bathroom and women should be forced to go to the women's bathroom, if they think that's so terrible, they should abolish the separate divisions for men and women. We can combine them, and then no woman will ever play basketball again in college. Because that's really what the effect will be. But... You know, again, the NCAA has no standards, they have no brains, uh, and this is all virtue signaling garbage. Okay, other things that I hate. Scarlett Johansson has now come out and said that she wants to run for office, which would be the second worst thing that she's done this year after that movie that's like a, a takeoff on The Hangover, but with ladies that no one's going to watch. Uh, that's probably, that's, that's the first worst thing. Uh, so here is, uh, here is Scarlett Johansson saying that she might run for office. You mentioned that you would possibly one day run for office. I've always been interested in local politics. Right now, I think, you know, with my young daughter and also uh, as my career is going right now, you know, there's just, there's, it's not the right time. But eventually, you know, maybe if I, if when my daughter was older and I could totally focus myself on something like that, um, I, I think it could be interesting. I mean, she's got the Hillary haircut. Oh, wait, am I, I'm not allowed to make fun of women's haircuts, correct? Okay, in any case, she, that's the greatest haircut I've ever seen in my life. It's an amazing haircut. 
Okay, so Scarlett Johansson says that she wants to run for public office. Again, this is one of the tragedies of having a celebrity presidency. It didn't start with Trump. It actually started with Obama. But it's bad all the way around because now we have a bunch of bubbleheads who don't know anything about politics thinking that they should be president of the United States, including Scarlett Johansson, who can't even read a script, apparently, when she decides to be in movies. Uh, she Has anyone ever actually seen Ghost in the Shell, or are they just commercials? Is there actually a movie of Ghost in the Shell, or is it just... Oh, it comes out in a week. Okay, so we'll see how that does. Uh, I, I do love that the, the entire trailer for the movie is basically Scarlett Johansson in a bodysuit. No one knows what's going on, but Scarlett Johansson in a flesh-colored bodysuit. So she's not actually naked. She just looks kind of naked. Uh, I guess it's a marketing campaign. In any case, that should qualify her to run for president. Okay, final thing that I hate, and then I will do a brief moment of Bible talk. So uh, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, has said there definitely will be a female NBA coach. He was asked whether a woman will be charged with leading an NBA team someday. He said, there definitely will. And then he added, I think it is on me to sort of ensure that it happens sooner rather than later. (sighs) No, it isn't. It is your job to ensure that the competitive level in professional basketball is at the highest possible standard. It is not your job to ensure that anyone of any race, color, creed, sexual orientation, or sex becomes a basketball coach. And the idea that you're going to edge aside someone who may be more qualified but male in favor of someone who is less qualified but female because we have to have a female basketball coach, it's just stupid. I would also point out something that is politically incorrect, and that is that there are a lot of men, I'm just going to, this is true, there are a lot of men who play professional basketball who aren't going to listen to a female basketball coach. That is not something that should be true, but it is true. Okay, I'm not speaking descriptive. I'm not speaking normatively. In the best of all possible worlds, men would take advice from a female basketball coach exactly the same way they take advice from a male basketball coach. Obviously, we all hope that that would be true. It isn't true. There are a lot of men in professional basketball who would ignore a female basketball coach for whatever reason, whether it's because they're sexist or whether it's because they just don't have respect for women in positions of authority, which is basically the same thing as being sexist, whatever it is. It is quite possible that that is the case, and it is not the fault of the general manager who's trying to put a competitive basketball team on the floor that he thinks that the team will play better if they have a male basketball coach. That is not the end of the world. It really is not. And the fact that Adam Silver thinks that that has to be you know, crammed down the throats of non, not only NBA players, but also it has to be crammed down the throats of people you know, over the heads of more qualified people, again, if the, if the most highly qualified person is a woman, it would be one thing if he said, eventually there will be a female basketball coach. That would be one thing. I'd be like, okay, fine. Because if the most meritorious person is a female, great. Make her a basketball coach. There's an assistant coach right now for the San Antonio Spurs who's a lady. And she, that's because she was a really good basketball. She's an Olympic basketball player. Fine. If she's the most qualified person, let her coach. I have no problem with that. But I do have a problem with the idea that we are going to force a female into a coaching position because we have to ensure some sort of diversity. That's just silly to me. It doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense, especially because the truth is that when the market wants it, there are women in basketball. Right now, the the L.A. Lakers, there was just a big story. Jeannie Buss forced out her brother. uh, I think it's Jim Buss. She just forced out Jim Buss and replaced Jim with Janie. Uh, So now it's two sisters running the Los Angeles Lakers after the death of their father, Jerry. Jerry apparently only likes the letter J. So all of his kids are Jeannie, Jane, uh, what is it? It's Jeannie, Jane, Jim, and then there's another guy who's like Bob. But he's, his, his name actually begins with J as well. In any case, this is this is the kind of this is the same thing that Silver did with regard to the transgender bathroom stuff, with regard to illegal immigration. He uses the NBA to virtue signal. The NBA is not for virtue signaling. The NBA is for competitive basketball. And again, if the most meritorious, the, the reason the color line should have been broken is because a huge number of the most meritorious baseball players were black. The the sex line here that exists. 
I don't care if it's broken based on merit, the same way that the color line was broken based on merit. It wasn't like the, M- the, the MLB, uh, first of all, should have desegregated originally, and segregation never should have been legal. But in any case, the, the idea that uh, the, the idea that um, that they were that segregate, desegregation was going to be based not on merit, but it was going to be based on force force diversity. Uh, that's silly, silly policy. Okay, uh, time for a little bit of Bible talk. So this week's parsha. Every week, the, the the Jews go through a specific section of the Torah. This week's section is the beginning of the most boring book of the Bible, Leviticus. So this is the part that nobody understands and nobody gets because it's all about sacrifices, and we all think sacrifices are barbaric and terrible, even though we eat animals on a regular basis. Um, you know, the the idea of of this portion of the Bible is that there is a special relationship between God and the Jewish people that is reflected uh, in their special representatives in the priestly caste. But the part I want to talk about is, is this kind of interesting part that everybody seems to miss. And you actually, I'm going to teach you a little bit of Hebrew in order for you to understand what's going on here. So this comes from Leviticus chapter 4, uh, verse 2 and 3. It says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a person sins unintentionally by committing one of all of the commandments of the Lord, which may not be committed, and he commits part of one of them, if the anointed Kohen sings, uh, sins, the Kohen is the priest, bringing guilt to the people, then he shall bring for his sin which he has committed an unblemished young bull as a sin offering to the Lord. Now, the language I want to point out here it says, if the Kohen sins, if the, if the priest sins. And the word in Hebrew for if is im. Im is if in Hebrew. Then it goes to all the various people in Israel sinning. What happens if they sin? But the language changes when it comes to leadership. It says, when. This translation is actually not correct. It says, when a leader of Israel sins and unintentionally commits one of all of the commandments of the Lord, which may not be committed incurring guilt, if his sin that he has committed is made known to him, he shall bring his offering an unblemished male goat. The part that's interesting here is not the sacrifices. The part that's interesting here is the difference in language. So it's im, right, if, but for a leader, it's asher, which means when. Not if, when. So the idea is that leaders are always going to sin. We have to know going in that leaders are going to sin. Why? Because if you are a leader, you're going to be put in a position of making hard decisions all the time, and the choices that fall upon you are probably going to lead you into sin. What does that mean? It means that we need to be harsher on our leaders, not less harsh. He still has to bring an offering. right? We know he's going to sin. He still has to bring an offering. We don't just say, he's a leader, he was going to sin, whatever, part of the job. He still has to bring an offering, asher, right? When he sins. And that's why we have to have high standards for our leader, higher standards for our leaders than we do for ourselves. Than we do for ourselves. Because if we don't have higher standards for our leaders than ourselves, then the when they sin becomes when they sin all the time. And that's unfortunately what's happened in American politics where Depending on your side of the political aisle, you have excused, everyone has, people on their own side of the political aisle doing things they would never excuse from a leader on the other side of the political aisle. Standards matter. They matter in life, they matter in politics, and they matter when it comes to the kingdom of God. Well, we will be back tomorrow, and we'll have the mailbag. I will be broadcasting at large. We'll be at Notre Dame tomorrow. So if you're around Notre Dame, I don't know if it's open to the public. If it is, then show up. If not, then stay home. In any case, we will be here tomorrow, and we will be doing the mailbag live with you. I am Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, let's say you were a stormtrooper and you were enjoying a nice meal of roasted Ewok in the Death Star mess hall. Well, all of a sudden you hear the voice of Alec Guinness saying, use the force, Luke. The next thing you know, the entire place is going up in flames around you. And it's at this moment you really wished you had life insurance. Make life insurance part of your financial planning this year. Start shopping right now with Policy Genius. Find the right policy and protect your family. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. Luckily, Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies and their team of licensed experts. Well, they're on hand to help talk you through it. No added fees. Your personal information remains private. 
It's super satisfying to check life insurance off that to-do list. A good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, God forbid, your family will be able to cover mortgage payments, college costs, or other expenses. Life insurance through your workplace might not offer enough protection for your family's needs. It's not going to follow you if you leave your job. Head on over to policygenius.com right now. Save time and money. Give your family a financial safety net with Policy Genius. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click that link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Hold up. 